we come together really for just a couple of core reasons. You know, we have a lot of fringe reasons why we gather, but there are really only just a couple of core purposes, reasons behind gathering the way we do. The first of which is um, an essential recognition that um, if we have not had some kind of glimpse or experience of what is possible in us, then we don't know that that even exists. And that's generally the case for most human beings is that we have forgotten so fully who we are, we've forgotten so fully what's natural and real within us, that we take our life, the life we typically call ego, to be just what's real. And if that's our orientation, we don't, we don't have a contrast, we don't have a way of understanding that there's that life, but there's also a much more real life available to us. And without that contrast, we're likely to just drift about in confusion and fear and hope and all sorts of mechanisms that we've acquired from our world, from our society, from our friends, from our parents, from our teachers. We take on the values that were given to us and we try to operate according to those. And, you know, you know how that story goes. So that's one of our essential purposes here. It's one of our essential reasons here is that there's a possibility of some kind of recognition taking place, some kind of noticing of, and it may be extraordinarily small, minute, and very quick even, may just even be a flash of something that is possible, something we might come to in meditation just by observing one tiny moment of quiet, one tiny moment where there's no dialogue happening in your mind and suddenly you realize, you know, I know for me, the first time I had that experience, it was, I had never even realized that there was an internal dialogue. I was so in it that I didn't even know it was happening until there was a moment of such extraordinary quiet that it became apparent there was no dialogue, right? And there we get a contrast, a contrast between the silence, the stillness, the spaciousness, the freedom that exists in that, and the world of the internal dialogue. A contrast takes place. Suddenly we realize there's something more than just an internal dialogue all the time. And if you've had that experience, you're here for a different reason. If you've had that experience, that glimpse, or at least something in you intuitively knows that contrast, then there's something in you that's had that recognition, that knows that there's something more real than the world of ego, or the world of separation, the world of fear, the world of control. And so our, our uh, meeting serves as a way to deepen that to deepen the understanding of that, to come to a, a clearer, cleaner relationship with what we have glimpsed, so that it becomes more and more a part of our life, right? So that it's an ongoing integration and deepening that's happening in us all the time. And that's sort of what uh, 
between those two things is all of, all of what we are doing here. We're inviting a recognition, and sometimes that recognition is one that we're having again and again and again and again. You know, that comes with the phrase, how could I have forgotten, you know? Or we see how easily we get wrapped up in our internal dialogue, or how easily we get wrapped up in fear, or our usual way of perceiving, until something happens to snap us out of that trance, and then we're, our eyes are open again, we're paying attention again. And the thing about this recognition is that it's, it's like uh, a really nasty addiction, because once we've known that taste of freedom, once we've known that taste of love, that boundless kind of love, that boundless kind of freedom, that boundless kind of spaciousness, how much peace there is available when you're not involved in your internal dialogue, then it's like a drug, you want more, right? And the more you get, the more you want. And it's natural that it should be that way, right? It's the same reason why the addict is addicted to the substance, because it feels fucking good. Oops, there's my cursing. It feels good. It feels really good because when we're exposed to the truth of who we are, it has this liberating effect. It has this effect of beauty. It has this effect of joyousness, freedom, power, all of the things that we want so badly. And so it's natural with that taste. We want more. We want another taste. We want a deeper taste. We want to taste it all the time. And it's natural that we should want that. And so our gathering can serve that purpose of sort of deepening that desire, making it stronger, you know? Not like we're coming here to get drunk together so that we'll come back next week and get drunk again, not like that. But in the way of deepening our understanding to such a degree where this inner knowing just becomes a fountain, just becomes a constant stream, a constant source of knowledge and insight and beauty, bliss, all of the things that are available to us, you know? And that doesn't mean any kind of escape from our life as we know it. If anything, it means just the opposite of that, a complete entrance into our life as we know it. Why is our life miserable? Not because the conditions of our life are miserable and we need to find new conditions. Our life is miserable because we don't see that the conditions that are present are exactly the conditions needed for perfection, for beauty, right? And so this is where also we come to understand that discrepancy. Because the ego has its version of things, right? The ego has its ideas about how things should be. You know, it should be sunny today, not cloudy. I should feel good, not bad, right? Um, I shouldn't have cancer, you know, or whatever the story may be. But as we come into contact with life in its true form and its true essence, we come to see that the conditions that we are given are exactly the right conditions. And this moment is not an exception to that. If we knew, if we could glimpse how absolutely ripe every situation actually is for our profound recognition of what is true and real in us, we would not bother a moment to complain about anything. We would not bother with the mindset of trying to change conditions in order to be more fulfilled. We would see that as a complete absurdity. 
it would be absolutely ridiculous to us to try to change our conditions because what happens when we change conditions? You change the condition, but you are still intact. So you, you can move from Oregon to California and you can move from cloudiness to sunshine, but guess who goes? <laughs> the same person that was miserable in the clouds will exist in California in the sunshine, right? Now you won't be complaining about the, the clouds anymore. You'll be complaining about the traffic or, you know what I mean? So we know just by looking at the purity of our experience that changing conditions is unfruitful. It doesn't help. It doesn't, it doesn't bring about what it is that we really want. And if we have the courage or maybe a little touch of insanity to see that the conditions that are, are present are the ripe conditions, that it's this moment in exactly how it looks right now, if we were to accept that, if we were to accept for a moment if we were just allow that to allow that into our consciousness just for the slightest moment, that this is the moment you've been waiting for. Literally, this is the moment you've been waiting for. And all the conditions that you've set up about what you're waiting for are wrong, <laughs> are false, that they're simply what you've been taught you need, then this moment becomes something entirely different. This moment becomes something that is um, unplanned not prefabricated by the mind. And you find out what's startling about it is that we find out this isn't, this isn't at all what I thought it was. You think you're sitting here in a room on a chair? You think you're sitting here with these clothes on and inside a body of skin and flesh? You think that's what's going on here? Seems like it, right? Seems like that's what's going on. Seems like I'm the person with a certain name and a certain history who decided to come down here. Who decided? Who decided to come down here? Are you with me? Are you with me where I'm going with this? Yeah, you feel it. If you're not with me, it's probably like, what the hell is he talking about? So <clears throat> just understanding that, understanding what the import is of our time together and it's it's an irony because the more important the more important it becomes the more humorous the whole thing is and the more humor you bring to it you actually become much more serious about the whole thing we're sort of playing on a very delicate edge here between an absolute intensity like an intensity unlike anything we've ever known, and something that is so lighthearted, so simple, so easy and natural, that it is just a breeze, you know? And it's as though we're sort of balanced right between these two worlds. One world is of fire, the other world's of ice. And we're, you know, it's like if you were standing in a shower and someone were pouring boiling hot water over you and at the same time freezing cold water. So you're not going to get burned and you're not going to freeze, but you're feeling the intensity of both of those things at the same time. You know? That's the world we're, that's the world we're taking part in. 
If you're trying to understand what I just said with your logical mind, that says, and that makes no sense whatsoever, and it never will to the logical mind, because I'm not speaking to the logical mind here. If some part of you, even a small part of you, is willing to visit this threshold without your logical mind, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Even though what I'm talking about has no logical application to it. You know, you can't take it to work and perform better. You know, it's not going to help your relationships out. It's not going to make you a better parent. It's not going to help you get more money. It's not going to do any of those things, but it will put you in contact with what is real. And that means everything. You know, 